0: Welcome to the Faith Today podcast. I'm Alana Reimer.
1: And I'm Bill Fledaris. Today's episode is about prayer networks in Canada. We have three guests joining us. Someone from the National House of Prayer, from the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, and from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
0: I'm looking forward to hearing more about their collaboration and and the work that they've done together.
1: All three of them and some others are cooperating in a series of prayer summits known as IGNITE.
0: Personally, I'm excited because I will be at the IGNITE Summit in Ottawa.
1: I think those will be some pretty interesting experiences through those IGNITE summits. The three guests had a lot to say about how prayer is growing in Canada. And each of them has some initiatives that they're doing related to the organization that they work for, the ministry organization that they work for. But the, the way that God seems to be drawing them together to cooperate is really quite amazing. So our listeners will be really interested to hear more about that. Great, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Okay, so Chris, I'm gonna start with you. Chris, you're the Executive Director of the National House of Prayer in Ottawa, if I've got that right. You've been there since 2021. That's right. So I'm wondering if you can introduce some of the prayer initiatives that the National House of Prayer is involved in for those of our listeners that might not be so familiar.
2: Well, National House of Prayer has gone through a little bit of a transition. Our founding directors, Rob and Fran Parker, they started the work back uh, essentially in around 2001. God started to speak to them about a house of prayer in here in ottawa and that had grown successfully people coming to ottawa to pray pray for government and leaders and and meet all those things but in 2019 they felt that they needed to transition and sell the building we used to have a 35-bedroom monastery where people would come from all over the nation and 2019 they felt it was time to sell that building And shortly thereafter, COVID hit. And and that we found that was very serendipitous because had we had to go through COVID with that building and no one able to come, it would have been extremely difficult for the ministry. So Marilyn and I came in in 2021. I have a background in ministry, in prayer, but I also was on the government side of things and I was a chief of staff for a, a member of provincial parliament or an MLA, depending on what part of the country you're from. And I was also involved on the partisan side as a, an EDA president and writing association VPs and things like that. So we were hyper-political, you would say. The Apostle Paul says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and I was a conservative of conservatives. And so okay. we felt the call to end up one of our board members who happened to be my pastor at our local church. In Oshawa, Doug Schneider asked if we would like to pursue this, and we did. Upon arrival, we weren't able to function in the, in the existing model because we didn't have a building. Right. And the interesting thing is, while I was on the government side, Holy Spirit was speaking to us on putting teams across the nation in every riding and every constituency. In the same way that Marilyn and I were pray- praying for our members Personally, as we were serving on these boards, we weren't on the boards just to do the political thing. We had an agenda. Our agenda was to pray for these members of parliament or these provincial members of parliament. And so we started to see this vision years ago that we need to put teams in every part, 338 ridings. And so that's what we've been doing for the past two years. Building teams across the nation, 338, getting in close to our members of parliament so that we can build relationally with them from every parliamentary team, whether they're liberals, whether they're NDP, green, conservatives, block. I actually have my eye on on a block person that we're trying to get close to because we're there to bring the kingdom of God, but ultimately we're there to pray so that's what we've been doing and when we talk to members of parliament we meet them we are very bold we say hi we're christen maryland from the national house of prayer and i have a team of people that are praying for you and the response is always oh really and they come right in close and we just start to have this great conversation it is we've just we're just finding favor all over the hill wow and all over the constituency. The reason why we chose the constituency, Parliament Hill is a very partisan place, but your constituency isn't allowed to be partisan until election time. So this is how we can get in close with members of Parliament, no matter what stripe they wear, and to build teams that will pray for government and leaders. We're we're kind of basing things out of 1 Timothy 2 that we pray for everyone kings and all those in authorities that would live godly and peaceful lives. But here's the kicker, that all men and women would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's kind of what we're about.
1: So you're obviously mobilizing a lot of volunteers then in different parts of Canada to pray for their government leaders. And then you've also got that Ottawa side to it as well, if I'm understanding that right. Wow, that's amazing.
2: And it's really exciting. We've got... Right now, we've got about four hundred people that are signed up to be a part of those teams, and I would say we have maybe twenty fully functional teams like operating the way they're supposed to operate. I guess our flagship team is up in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, and out of that place they have fifteen team members representing six different churches, and they are the you can see that God is making some serious changes in that part of the world. For 20 years, our team leader, they needed a men's emergency shelter. And for 20 years, it wasn't happening. Then the team leader said to us, Blanche and Merv, they said, Christy, this should be a project for a canopy of prayer team that we pray for a shelter. I said, yeah, that's exactly it. Praying for what's going on in the constituency. And you know, within two weeks of that team starting to pray, after 20 years of red tape and everything, the CBC shows up and does an expose on why they don't have an emergency cell shelter. Wow. And they had the, the shelter up in less than a month. And I really think that's because of the prayers of, of the team. Engaging in the community. Really, really great things happening.
1: So if I'm imagining a team in a constituency that is praying for their MLA or their MP. How does that work? Do they get together like once a month and pray for that person? Or do they have like a schedule where they say, okay, I'm going to pray on Monday for them and you pray on Tuesday for them? Or how does that work out? We've tried
2: to, to make it as organic in their constituency as they can. So it's not a one size fits all approach. I have some, some places that are meeting Monday night. They meet Monday nights and they pray. I have other places where they are actually very relational with the member, and they meet with the member themselves and pray. Oh, wow. And some places are doing, yeah, you take Monday, I'll take Wednesday kind of thing, and that type of thing. But I think where we're seeing uh, the bulk of the team has a team leader. They meet usually once a week to pray, but they're developing these relationships. It's, it's really, really exciting. Lots of different streams, different things, because it's not an all one-size-fits-all approach. Every place is different.
1: Well, thanks for introducing our listeners to that, Chris. That is super exciting. I'm sure that there will be some people that will want to look into that, into participating in that after hearing about it. I'm going to take a turn to go to one of our other guests here. That's Roger Helland. Roger is the prayer ambassador for the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. He's joining us from Calgary, and Roger, I understand that you do a bunch of coordination of kind of online prayer events for the EFC, among some other things. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the prayer activities that you're involved in there?
0: Yeah, great. You know, Bill, it's a privilege to be a part of sort of a network of a number of different, not only affiliates, we've got affiliates through the EFC with denominational leaders, we've got churches, we've got ministry organizations and also uh, theological schools. So we have an opportunity to really uh, invite uh, various affiliate groups and leaders to join together, sometimes nationally as an entire group as an EFC, and we invite other guests in at times. And other times it's it's specialized for the different groups. In fact, on March 22nd, uh, we're going to have an online Zoom gathering for denominational leaders and churches. We have a guest speaker just to give a little bit of input. We, we spend an hour together. We have pre-assigned leaders that pray specifically for the people that are on their heart uh, in those respective areas. And so during COVID really, so I started as prayer ambassador in August of 2020. And so the lion's share of the prayer initiatives were online as most of us were sort of confined to leading churches. didn't have much choice, right? Our offices on computers (laughs) and, you know, God used that technology. It was compelling. I mean, we had some really engaging times of prayerfulness and worship and that and the Spirit of the Lord really visited a lot of our people. It was very impactful. And so we've prayed for a number of different things. We've prayed for the government elections. You know, we've prayed for Ukraine. We've prayed for the outpouring and, you know, the move of the Spirit of God, which were currently, uh, I'll tell you about that a little bit in a minute, about Ignite, and uh, so there's a lot of online, but now we're starting to be able to get invited into places and have uh, live situations and teaching and different things, so there's sort of a combination, I think we're still going to be able to do the online uh, as well as the live, so there's a lot of prayerful movement across the country we're finding, a lot of hunger and uh, intentionality
1: How do you think if you started in 2020, how does an organization like the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada say, hey, we need to hire a prayer ambassador? Like, what's the story behind
0: that? (laughs) You know, that's a great question, Bill. I love being with EFC. I just have found EFC to be a very highly professional, but highly heart and vision for really blessing Canada in the name of Jesus. That is really our mission. And so, I taught at Briarcrest a couple of times. So I, I got to know David Goretzky, who is now the president. He served as executive VP for uh, several years. So he moved into Ottawa out of Briarcrest. So so I knew Dave a few years ago when I taught. So back in the spring of 2020, there, there were a number of different prayer initiatives that I was a part of as a district leader in the Baptist General Conference of Alberta here. And we were involving a lot of our our district, our pastors, our our national team as well to really seek the Lord in prayer. And there were different initiatives that were out there as well. Here's really the focal point of how it came to be with EFC. The World Evangelical Alliance had sponsored a a Saturday day of prayer. I think it was probably in early April or maybe late March in 2020. And I got the document and I read it through. I thought, you know, this is good. It's it's seven hours. It's a document. There's a lot of strategy and structure, scriptures and such. And it was sort of sent out and and I thought, this is good. I'm wondering, though, how many pastors and leaders will actually promote it, get it going and such. And I think there would be a measure of that. But then I thought, well, what would happen if we did something live? So I, I sent an email to Dave. I said, David, you know, EFC has got a wide platform. Why don't we do something live? Let's do May, coming through May, let's do a, an hour of prayer on Zoom, invite people from across the country. Let's pray for on Wednesdays for, say, an hour as we're coming and approaching at then, uh, Pentecost Sunday, which was the last Sunday in May. Let's pray for awakening and healing of the land and all the rest of it. And he writes back a couple, he goes, uh, you know, for the last year and a half or so, we've actually been feeling as an EFC that we need to really reposition ourselves, that prayer needs to be a more strategic priority in who we are and our mission. Would you lead it? And I go, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no! What have I got myself into? You know that was that was right. a great <laughs> leadership. Yeah, you got the idea. How would you like to lead it? I thought, but I, I felt a nudge, so I did.
1: Yeah, the Holy Spirit works that way. Eh? It sounds like some preparation uh, yeah, was no happening.
0: Uh. So, so the boomerang came right back around, and I ended up having to grab it out of the air. We had about fifty people. I mean, we didn't have a lot of time to promote it, but we actually, we put it together. David Roos was on there, and he says, "Hey, I'll lead some worship from Vineyard." I go, "Okay." So anyway, we did four, and then so about a month later, he goes, "You know, this is something that maybe would you be willing to maybe even do some more? And we just see this if there's an appetite." For it? I go, "Yeah, sure." But then a couple of weeks later, he goes, "I got a three-page, very detailed proposal. Would you come into the EFC and?" and we're creating a new position as prayer ambassador part-time. And I felt the nudge. And again, I said, yes. So the Lord was sort of wow. getting me cornered, and here we are. So it's been an amazing journey. It just keeps expanding. It's hard to keep up.
1: Yeah, that's super exciting. So, yeah, so I could kind of see a trend already here. Chris has come on board to the National House of Prayer in 2021. God called you to this position at the EFC in tw- 2020, is that what you're saying?
0: Correct, August 2020.
1: Well, yeah, uh, something's building here.
0: Same same with Dale, with with Billy Graham.
1: Yeah, why don't we jump to Dale? So you're the National Initiatives Manager, if I've got that right, for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association of Canada. You've got a bunch of prayer initiatives that I see on the BGEA website. Uh, Could you introduce our listeners to some of those if they're not familiar and maybe what you do?
3: Yeah, my wife and I actually do this together. So I I need to make sure that I say that it's an opportunity that uh, her and I have been able to work together on And it it started actually two years ago, the beginning of March. So this is uh, two years for us in this. And it's a long story, but I was given an email by Dion Collins in the fall of 2021, sorry, in 2020. And he's the national director for Billy Graham. And he asked about working with them in terms of a prayer initiative that they had. And the story is, the backstory is that uh, around 2019, our executive director over Samaritan's Purse Canada and Billy Graham Vangels Association of Canada, uh, Fred Weiss, Lord was really working in his heart in terms of the need and the focus on prayer and prayer in his personal life, as well as prayer in the organization and prayer for mm-hmm. our nation. And so there was actually a group of them that started to pray early in the morning at 7.15 a.m. And they've continued to pray early in the morning And so they've been consistent. And there was some significant things that were happening. In particular, there was negative media happening with Operation Christmas Child in the spring of that year. And so they prayed into that, I think, starting maybe in February. And by the fall, when they were launching their fall campaign, everything went silent and and there was Mm -hmm. no negative at all. So that was kind of an impact in terms of the prayer initiative. And so then when 2020 and COVID hit, the Billy Graham organization was obviously unable to do some of the events that they were planning to do Sudbury in Sudbury and London. And and so uh, they said, well, what can we do? Well, why don't we make an emphasis on prayer? And so the Lord was working in my own heart in terms of the need for prayer in our nation. I grew up, I'll, I'll tell people, I'm the generation that watched God be taken out of our out of our country, out of our schools, in particular, you know, I, I was in grade one when we were saying the Lord's prayer, and by grade thirteen, God didn't exist anymore. And so we've watched that be taken away, and then as a result, you know, we've become a nation where everyone does what is right in their own eyes, and the progression of that, and then how does the church respond to that? And so I have a heart for evangelism. We've seen many, many people come to Christ over the years, but my focus in the past was in youth ministry and. And I would see, right. you know, many come to Christ, but uh, like hundreds a-, a year, but there's millions that were not. <laughs> and if you look at the education system and the things that are happening and being taught to students, we're at desperate times. And any of our personal efforts that we try on our own to do are not going to accomplish what needs to be done to change the spiritual climate of our country. And so for me, it was, we need to rally the country together and Christians and believers to get together to pray for change in our nation, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'd love to see a supernatural spiritual change in the hearts of some of our leaders. I don't have access to Justin Trudeau, let's say, (laughs) you know, I don't have access to share my heart and and his need, but I know the Holy Spirit does, he could move Mm -hmm. into his bedroom in the middle of the night. So why wouldn't we pray for that? Why wouldn't we pray for spiritual transformation in our nation? Why wouldn't we start with the church? so when they asked me to start, I said, uh, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, that's what we're hiring you to figure out. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so we got together, a group of us, when we first started and we said, well, where do we want to accomplish? Where do we want to go? And we said, we want to mobilize the church to be praying for spiritual revival and have it start with the church. And the focus in particular is to try and encourage and inspire pastors to be the leaders in, in leading prayer in their churches. Yeah, that's really been the emphasis for us. People ask us what we do, and I say, Well, our job is to chase the Holy Spirit around. (laughs) You know, we're trying to find out where God's moving in the area of prayer in churches. And so we'll hear stories of pastors and leaders that are leading their church. You know, J. Edwin Orr says there's never been a spiritual revival without a concerted effort of extraordinary sustained prayer. Right. And so when we hear about those types of stories happening in local churches, we'll call the pastor and say, hey, can we just interview and find out what you're doing? And so we've had amazing conversations with pastors and, and seeing a movement amongst pastors and their heart for prayer across the country has been really encouraging and amazing. And so what we did was we created an event called the Pastor's Prayer Forum last year. Uh, we started monthly and then chose to do it quarterly. And so really what we do is we just, some of these stories that we're hearing, we provide a platform for those pastors to be able to share their story of what they're doing in their local church. Uh, It's something that others can hear and be encouraged by, or they can steal what somebody else is doing. And then we we gather together in small groups and and pray for revival, pray for, uh, you know, that there's a heart and a passion for individuals in their churches to pray and for revival in our churches and for spiritual awakening in our nation.
1: That's awesome. I I did see on your website that pastor's prayer forum section, I see that you've got videos there of some of these pastors, like you're mentioning, that talk about the things that are happening in their church or in their community. Uh, One that I saw was called Creating a Culture of Prayer in Your Church. That was just uh, from very recently. And then there's another one from last year called Making Prayer the Center of Your Life and Ministry. So those are videos that a pastor or any ministry leader probably could benefit from going back and having a look at, right?
3: That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think if you just Google search uh, Pastor's Prayer Forum, Billy Graham Organization, it'll probably pop up and uh, and you can go direct to that page and to be able to use some of those videos as resources and just hear what, what others are doing. One other thing that we started in our first year in 2021 was this Prayer Walk Challenge. And so they asked us, they said, Why don't you create something or encourage people to be prayer walking in their communities? And so we created the Prayer Walk Challenge. PrayWalkChallenge.ca. You can go to that; it'll take you to the page. And really, it's just an organic thing where people who praying in their neighborhoods had an opportunity to be able to put a pin on a map across the country. And I think we have over nine hundred pins right across the country, from St. John's, Newfoundland, Victoria, BC, and even one in Iguluk, Nunavut, which you you actually awesome. have to scroll down. It's it's like on the border of Russia, I think. And uh, an amazing story that came out of that one on its own. But yeah, that's just another resource that we have out there as well, just to be able to visually see how many people are praying for their neighborhoods across the country.
1: So I see a bunch of different examples from each of you then about how our listeners can get involved. Uh, They can reach out to the National House of Prayer and get involved in praying for their uh, government leaders. Through uh, Billy Graham, they can sign up for the Prayer Walk Challenge, pray for people in their neighborhood. Or if they're a pastor, a ministry leader, they might check out the pastor's prayer forum and just get revved up on how they can expand prayer in their own uh, church community. And then with the EFC, we've got these sector-based gatherings, amongst other things. So for all, you know all the, all the people who are working in post-secondary schools get together and pray, or people who are pastors and denominational leaders get together and pray at different times. So there's lots of opportunities for people to get involved in communal prayer and to get involved in, in prayer networks in canada i think it's really something exciting the next step i'm going to ask about is what about cooperating across these different organizations on joint ventures the one that i've heard about is called ignite but i know that there are probably other things going on as well so i wonder if any of you want to just give us some examples of that how is god calling us to work together Across uh, organizational or you know, joining organizations together to develop some initiatives like this or things that people can get involved in.
2: One of the things that I found that was probably the most surprising when we took on this role, and as COVID restrictions lifted, and we were able to go out to different parts of the country, we were finding prayer streams all over the place, and that was really really surprising and and they were they were people that I wasn't expecting to be praying which really caught me off guard here in Ottawa for example there's a ministry called one way ministry that does a lot of wonderful ministry here but they have a they have a wing of their ministry called pray Ottawa and we started to do a lot of projects together and just work out of collaboration just because we just want to work together but you know what what i was right. finding that it's not so much just task oriented but there was an affection that was being had that we were just really doing this be also because we love the lord and we started to love each other and this awesome. john 17 Things started to happen, you know, Father, to make them one as you and I are one. So I started to see this all over the place. Even when we just came out from Support St. John, there were three other little prayer streams out there that we connected with. And we just wanted to bless them and encourage them. And uh, so we have resources here. We have a prayer school that we do every Thursday called Canopy of Prayer School. But we're just connecting in every place. And then now we're working here with EFC, Billy Graham, Vineyard, and Peace and Reconciliation. This is awesome. It is, it is really, really pivotal. You know what's really interesting that I find? If you were f- tracking with Asbury, what was happening there, one of their postures during that, that particular short encounter with the Lord was they were, they were reading out of James 3 on what godly wisdom looks like. And when you look at godly wisdom, there's this yielding that is there. What we're seeing in the body of Christ right now is this yielding that we are yielding to other. And when we do that, it says peacemakers that sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And I really believe that's what's what we're seeing today. Is this many streams, many, many streams are starting to converge and work with each other, to yield to each other and yield to Holy Spirit. It's just
0: absolutely fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you, Chris. That's really encouraging to hear. What, Roger, what about you, or Dale, what about you? Do you have some other examples of that or things that you've seen?
0: Let me chime in just around Ignite a little bit, because it really is, I think, sort of a convergence of a number of different components. So over the last couple of years, I've had the privilege of being able to interact with a variety of different uh, prayer initiatives and leaders that, some are regional, some are national you'd recognize some of them like 24-7 prayer Canada. So I've had great dialogue with them. Of course, the Billy Graham, they're here in Calgary. So their national office in Samaritan's Purse, Rob Parker and I have had really a great relationship with them as they've sort of, as Dale has articulated, made an internal shift. There's movements of prayer there going on in Saskatchewan that I, I've never even heard of it. It's just amazing to see this. And so that all is to say that there's this groundswell of hunger and intentionality around prayerfulness. The two themes that keep cropping up are unity and spiritual awakening. and It's framed differently, but those are the common themes. So we've sort of, over the last year and a half, collaborated and landed on uh, doing some events together where we want to pray for spiritual unity. We want to offer some teaching uh, with experienced leaders that have done it, cultivating cultures of prayer in the local church, and then have a public gathering Uh, where we want to see thousands of people gather together to pray, to seek the Lord in unity and spiritual awakening. So we're doing that in Ottawa uh, on April the 14th. It's called Ignite. We're also doing it in Calgary on April the 20th, and then in Kelowna, B.C. on the 28th of April, and then uh, end up in Regina on May the 5th. So that is all in the works right now. And uh, EFC has helped uh, pioneering, but we're having co-sponsoring relationships with these other five groups that we've joined our hearts uh, and our resources together.
1: What I kind of hear you saying is that there is this groundswell that is happening in a whole bunch of different places and what the institutional side of it is is just saying how do we overlap more how do we get in touch with each other and it sounds like the three of you and maybe others by being able to travel and by being focused on Listening and looking around for what's out there, you can help actually bring people into conversation with each other and to cooperate with each other.
0: Uh, and, there, and that's part of our networking because we all have different constituencies, but there, some of them are overlapping, and so we're able to leverage the reputations and platforms and visions together and sort of you know bring a convergence of of, of united efforts. We want to cultivate United Prayer across Canada. Four cities for now we'll see where it leads to from there.
3: Yeah, I was just gonna say when we first started. I mean, initially, I I'm aware that there are so many different prayer initiatives and movements across the country, and so it was like, where do you start? How do you begin connecting? And in our case, uh, Sean Campbell, who's part of our organization, he had connected with Roger and Rob, and and so they said, well, you know, begin a relationship with with those guys to start with National House of Prayer and EFC and. And I know EFC's got an incredible umbrella. It just makes a lot of sense to partner with them in that way. But I've been amazed at how many different prayer initiatives that are going on. And they may not all be in, you know, we may not all get into the same room and pray together. But it's amazing to watch how the Spirit of God is moving and stirring people to prayer. And I've I've said you know if if there was a spiritual awakening, which is kind of interesting that Asbury happened, and I had to repent and and uh, ask for forgiveness because it happened in the U.S. instead of in Canada (laughs) initially. But but if if you look at the timing of that and the Jesus Revolution and uh, and the Ignite event, it's amazing. But I've said you know if, if there is a revival that happens, and many have talked about it happening right across the country. Some say it starts from the west and moves east, and others from the east and moves west, and some say it starts in the middle and goes either way. But regardless of what happens, it's going to happen in such a way, it's going to be so unique that we can know for sure that it was the hand of God and not any one individual that gets any credit for it. Yeah. So there's all of these networks that are taking place. And I've met with, like there was Pray Nova Scotia group out there and we've connected with the Ottawa people like Richard and Sarah that are there. And I get connected into a group in Mississauga. There's not a strong pastors network in Mississauga, but there is a pretty amazing network of prayer warriors that are going on in that community, praying for revival, praying for the cities, praying for churches, praying for pastors. And even in London, Ontario, there's just, there's an amazing movement that's happening there amongst pastors and initiatives of prayer. And so you can go straight across the country. I you know Vancouver's got an amazing network of pastors out there that are praying regularly together together. And that's, that's just encouraging. And so you you just can't have enough prayer ministries out there. You may not be able to pull them all together, but isn't it amazing that God's moving? And I, and I would say this because I've been around over 30 years in ministry and I've watched the trends. You know, there when I first started, there was a focus on evangelism, discipleship, and then it kind of shifted into a, a combination of, of uh you know, love, uh, great command, great commission combo. And then it started to move to social justice kind of movements and, and then back maybe to evangelism. But right now I sense like I've never seen before this movement towards prayer. And I think it's just people recognizing the state in which we're in and the importance it is for us to begin praying.
1: You know, there's a blur of names and organizations here that not all our listeners will Remember, but I hope what they will take away from this is the fact that it it sure sounds like God is on the move, and that whether we as individuals get involved in one particular initiative or another, that we can step into that in whatever capacity. I think it's exciting to hear, especially about this idea of Ignite, where all of these organizations are working together. And uh, so I pray that God will continue to bless that. Can I give each of you a challenge to say a few words that would encourage our listeners? in their prayer life and in their maybe to step up or step forward, or just to continue in prayer as they listen to this discussion and think about maybe what God might be calling them into the future?
3: Wow, I got all sorts of places I could go. And I, I think uh, I think the <laughs> first thing that has come to me in, the, in this is to listen to God, just to be quiet. And, and I know when There was a season for me where I just I just put in my headphones and I just started listening to my favorite praise and worship music and then just started listening to God and hearing his voice and what it was that he wanted me to do. And sometimes that God may give us instructions of different things. I, I think one of the things that our concern is, is that a lot of times I call, I call you know, narcissistic worship and narcissistic prayers. But if we could just focus ourselves entirely giving attention on God, you know, and his attributes and who he is, instead of it kind of directing back towards us. But just focusing in on him, it's kind of like the incense that goes up and, you know, God smells this aroma And, you know, he's he's maybe got his back turned towards us because our back has been turned to him. But but as he hears these words of praise and it goes into his nostrils and he's like, oh, where's that coming from? And his drawn and his attention's drawn towards us. And so that that would kind of be a starting place, I think, for me. I could go on, but I'll just
0: leave it at that and let the others say something. No,
1: that's that's great, Dale. Thank you. How about you, Roger? What what encouragement would you give to our listeners about prayer?
0: So I think there's two things that come to mind. One is if a church leader, a ministry leader, a pastor, uh, one of the visions that each of us have, but I think there's a collective sort of vision out there that's getting traction, is developing cultures of prayer in the local church. And the first place to begin is pastors and leaders cannot outsource or delegate prayer. They have to lead the charge. So I know that's a bit of a shift for some, uh, but I always try to say, look, Jesus said my house should be a house of prayer, not a house of preaching, not a house of worship. There's preaching and worship, but prayer is really the fuel, the furnace that ignites uh, spiritual vitality and flourishing and missional impact uh, in the world. And so I would say to those of you that are denominational leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, missionaries, whatever you may be on staff or not, it doesn't really matter. I think... The shift is that we, I, will devote ourselves to prayer and not outsource it, that it becomes a primary practice of spiritual Mm -hmm. leadership. That would be one thing. I think on the more generic level for all of us is I've been a firm believer, and I really give a lot of credit to people like Daniel Henderson and Jim Cimbala and such, and there's others that would point to Scripture as the primary format to pray from We usually pray from lists. I would suggest pray from Scripture. And so I'm just going to give you one example. It's going to be really short. So I'm reading through Jeremiah right now. And uh, as I came into chapter 10 this morning, it caught my heart in verse uh, 21. For the shepherds have become (laughs) dull-hearted and have not sought the Lord. Therefore they shall not prosper. and, uh, And all their flock shall be scattered. And I paused and I went inside my own heart and I said, Oh Lord, may I never be a dull-hearted shepherd. May I always seek and inquire your face. May the sheep that are under my, (laughs) you know, oversight never be scattered because I've failed to be a man of prayer who seeks the face of God. And so praying scripture, I think, is the first way in which we revitalize prayer when it's attended by the Spirit, Spirit Spirit-led, Scripture-fed. It'll revolutionize our prayer lives, but our prayer gatherings as well. So, culture of prayer, personal prayer from Scripture and Spirit.
1: Thank you, Roger. That's great. And how about you, Chris? What words of encouragement would you have for our listeners? I would suggest
2: being intentional. If you're not intentional with this, if it doesn't become a priority... Your life is way too busy and you're going to forget and you're just not going to do it. So be intentional. And in the intentionality, you know, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing and I only say what he's saying. And so this requires us, this is us in our prayer lives. That's where we can get to see what the Father's doing and hear what he's saying. And then be intentional with it. Pay attention to what he's doing. Take a look at the spheres of influence in your life. Look at what God is doing in your house, in your families. Look what he's doing in your church. And look what he's doing in your jobs. And be intentional and then watch what he's doing and then do what he's doing. But that only comes from a place of prayer. And I just love this, it's not about lists. It's about getting into the word. And it's about saying, Father, speak to me today. Speak to me, in in him we move and breathe and have our being. And that's what it's about. It's not just lists. And like Dale said, I like to say this, two ears, one mouth. That's what my mom said. Way more listening (laughs) than talking.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Chris. I can, when I hear you saying is also as looking to see what God is doing, I think when we talk about prayer and corporate prayer and the things that have been happening in the last three years that we've just been talking about, that's also something that God is doing and that you know, that may be a challenge for us to be thinking about how are we getting involved in that. If that's something that God is doing, let's jump on board. Anyways, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with us. We're going to make sure that we have links to all of the initiatives that we talked about in the notes to this episode. So um, until we get another chance to talk, I want to say thank you and God bless you in your work as prayer
3: advocates in Canada.
0: Our pleasure.
3: Amen. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing everybody at Ignite as well.
2: You <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes, it's worth the drive. If, it, if it's a couple hours, come. It's going to be so good.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you
0: enjoyed it, please rate or share it.